This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out, and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok, at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And, of course, my new publishing company called Zibby Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. Melanie Kirkpatrick is the author of Thanksgiving, the holiday at the heart of the American experience. And again, I hope you are all having an amazing Thanksgiving in 2021 filled with lots of joy and fun and football and food and all the good things. Melanie is a senior fellow at the Hudson Institute and a former deputy editor of the Wall Street Journal's editorial page. She is the author of Lady Editor, Sarah Josepha Hale and the Making of the Modern American Woman, Thanksgiving, the Holiday at the Heart of the American Experience, and Escape from North Korea, the Untold Story of Asia's Underground Railroad. She has lived in Tokyo, Toronto, Hong Kong, and Manhattan, and now resides in rural Connecticut. Welcome, Melanie. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Thanksgiving, the holiday at the heart of the American experience from 1621 to 2021. It's great to be with you, Zibby, and I love talking about Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday. Oh, well, I learned so much about Thanksgiving from this book. I mean, there were so many things that I had no idea about. For example, and maybe this is embarrassing to admit. I didn't know there was a forefathers day. I didn't know the extent to the of the campaign to make it a national day and the ins and outs of that, which I found fascinating. And even like the Jews of Charleston and their 
rec- you know, so many interesting things that I and that I learned. So thank you very much. You're welcome. I had great fun researching it. And, you know, it's not just all about the pilgrims and the Indians. Thanksgiving has been a part of many, many facets of uh, American life. And it truly is, as the subtitle says, a holiday that's at the heart of the American experience. So true. And I'm also now sort of obsessed with Sarah Josepha Hale. I read about her in your <laughs> book and, and read another book about her recently. I saw that you wrote an actual book all about her. So then I was like, yes, yes. Uh, it's, yeah, it's my latest book. It's called Lady Editor. And uh, I think she is probably the most influential woman of the 19th century and one of the most influential women of American history. It was fascinating to research her life. And my ambition is to make her better known. Totally. I I mean, she, I, I just found her so inspiring, like the Oprah of her day and really amazing. More than that. Yeah. Is there going to be a movie about her? What do you think? I wish. I, I wish. wish too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so here's a, a lady who was widowed, left with four children and a fifth on the way. And it went on to remake herself as editor of Godie's Ladies Book and one of the most widely circulated or the most widely circulated magazine of the pre-Civil War period. And she did so much to help women get educations. And she was the godmother of Thanksgiving, our modern Thanksgiving Day holiday. And I bet you didn't know that she wrote Mary Had a Little Lamb. I did know that now that I read this book. But right. before that, I did not know that. There was like nothing she couldn't do. And she's yeah. even campaigning with Abraham Lincoln to make it a holiday. I mean, she has, you know, using the pages of her magazine for her campaign, writing to Abraham Lincoln. She was a poet, right? There was so much about her. She seems yeah. just like such a... Take charge, well, women, from recipes to yeah. She empires. was a celeb- she was a celebrity in her day, mm-hmm. and deserves to be better known today, I think. And her accomplishments acknowledge. But the part that I found most powerful, well, of course, Thanksgiving. That's a tremendous accomplishment. The lady who, through her magazine, persuaded many Americans to sign on to this idea of a national Thanksgiving Day. Before her. Thanksgivings were celebrated locally and Mm -hmm. governors of individual states would call Thanksgivings, but they didn't coordinate. So all Americans celebrated on different days around the country until she came along. And Lincoln took up her proposal in 1863 in the middle of the Civil War, which was amazing in itself. And we've been celebrating Thanksgiving, all Americans together on the same day ever since. I like how you... You even talked about why it's the Thursday that it is, because that was the one that all this was in the middle of all the states that they could finally agree on, because some were later in, in November and some were earlier, and this was sort of the yeah. happy medium. Yeah, it was a happy medium, and she was a very what's the word? She was a very powerful figure in the 19th century. Her influence was great because of the editorship of her of her magazine, but she also was a very realistic woman, I think. And so compromise was okay. She was able to compromise, but she, it was a compromise. You're right. But it was also the date, the last Thursday of November was the holiday that, well, was the day that George Washington called for a national Thanksgiving in 1789, his first year as president. And Hale was a 
passionate admirer of George Washington. So that made her happy. That's exciting. That's just so, I mean, I just love this. It's really neat. And I didn't realize, you know, it was nice of you. Well, not nice, but eye-opening of you when you talked about what happened in Charleston and how some nations, as they started adopting the Thanksgiving, said it was for Christians, right? This would be a, 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 an occasion for all Christians to celebrate the land and not Jews and heathens and other people like that. I happen to be Jewish, so I found this very fascinating. And that the Jewish people of the day wrote a whole letter back, which you included, Jews of Charleston letter in 1845. And eventually, of course, it all works out, but you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, not uh, this was a really important, I think, development in the history of Thanksgiving. George Washington had made it clear when he proclaimed a national Thanksgiving that it was to be open to all people. And he was famously ecumenical. And he saw himself as the first president as being very important in setting examples for future presidents. And presidents have been pretty good, have been very good about that, making it clear that Thanksgiving is an open holiday. There's, you know, doesn't discriminate on the basis of anything. But not every governor was. And the governor of South Carolina of the day thought Thanksgiving should only be for Christians. And that would exclude Jews or Unitarians or Muslims or, you know, anybody else. But it was great the way the Jews of Charleston fought back and and in a public way made it clear that this was a holiday for people of all faiths. And the governor who had made this proclamation, his term ended a few weeks after Thanksgiving that year. And one of the first actions of the new governor was to issue a new Thanksgiving proclamation saying that it was open to everybody. Wow. Well, I know we already have a National Independent Bookstore Day today, but I feel like maybe we need on the national level some sort of national day of reading or something with books or authors or something that we could try to institute. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Make sure (laughs) Josepha Hale is included in it. Yeah. Of Thanksgiving. But, you know, I I think getting back to the idea of of reading a National Book Day, I think Americans, especially young people, need to be better educated on the holiday. There are a lot of myths that float around the the first Thanksgiving in particular. And, you know, we would all, I think it would enhance the meaning of our Thanksgiving if uh, we learned more about the holiday. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything. It might be time to work on those things, and I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11. And it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help And I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off, $72 a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy. And you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash moms don't have time I, I agree i think there should be a movie that is called thanksgiving or hail or something and <clears throat> i think it should be about sarah joseph hail and the development of thanksgiving and then you could play it like every thanksgiving like charlie brown's thanksgiving and all of those yeah, movies it would yeah, be yeah. one of those things Anyway, well, I'll see, hey, I'll see if I, I can help. <laughs> and I'd love to be an advisor to them because <laughs> I've learned a lot about Thanksgiving and Sarah Josepha Hale over the years. She is an eminently interesting character for a, a movie, you know, a, a widow who goes on to remake herself as a lady editor in a time when uh, she was the first successful woman as editor of a publication. And she campaigned, it's hard to believe, when she started her first magazine in 1828, only half of American women were literate, and there was not a single institution of higher education that admitted women. So she campaigned, and she was the editor for 50 years, and every month, every issue of her magazines had something about women's education in it. She believed that women were the intellectual equals of men. But the reason they couldn't succeed in professions and outside and work outside the home in general was because they weren't educated. That was an exclusive privilege of men. And she campaigned about this in her magazine for years. And she really, in my view, changed the national conversation, so to speak, about what women were capable of. And in that way, she was extremely influential in the issues that later came. She, for example, thought women should be teachers. And back in the 1830s, as the public schools were opening up around the country, there was a a view that only men could teach kids. Other Women could be relegated to teaching small children, but not older kids. And Hale thought that Women could teach any subject to anybody so long as they were educated in that area. She also supported women becoming doctors and thought that women should 
treat women doctors should treat women and children exclusively, that men didn't, you know, kind of have the nature to understand female uh, women and children. And she wanted to be the exclusive privilege of women. And she also supported women working in many other fields, like being postmistresses, being waitresses. Now that seems pretty mundane, but there was a period when only men were being waitresses, being waiters, sorry. <laughs> and so, and then when Vassar College was in the works, one of the first colleges for women, she advised Matthew Vassar, the founder of the school, in many ways. The idea was to create a preeminent intellectual institution for women. And she was very impactful there. But on another subject, she used her magazine to help create an American culture. She believed that the country had been unified politically by the revolution, but it wasn't yet unified culturally. Everybody was still looking toward the mother country and not uh, it wasn't the country wasn't developing its own literature, for example. And she announced that she was going to publish American authors writing on American topics. Now, this seems obvious from the perspective of the 21st century, but back then it was unusual because a lot of publications were made up of articles that have been stolen from British publications or other American publication and just cut and pasted into their own publication without credit. Whereas Hale published original work and she also supported a lot of young American writers who were just getting started, like Harriet Beecher Stowe, 25 years before she wrote Uncle Tom's Cabin, Edgar Allan Poe, Nathaniel Hawthorne, and many, many other writers who are now classic figures in our literature. And beyond literature, she went on to Oprah-like, help create kind of common American aesthetic. She published recipes. She was the first one to publish a recipe section in her publication. And she championed the white wedding gown and the Christmas tree, two customs that obviously are are still going strong today. Wow. It's really amazing because it also shows that if you just take enough interest and have enough sort of commitment to something, you can really change the country. I mean, of course, the whole history of America speaks to that, but especially as a woman and a mother, and I just find this so personally energizing to know that she made such a difference at a time when it was really tricky to do so, including how we celebrate Thanksgiving. Yeah, Um, yeah. Edgar Allan Poe called her a woman of genius and, excuse the sexism, masculine energy. Yeah, well... No surprise with that. <laughs> and you have been with the Wall Street Journal for a long time, right? Or tell me about yes, that. Yes, I worked for the Wall Street Journal for 30 years uh, in Hong Kong and then in New York City, where I wrote editorials, was op-ed editor and deputy editor of the opinion section. So I had a wonderful career and now I'm writing books. Wow, that's exciting. Do you? How do you feel being on the book side? Do you miss the newsroom atmosphere? I do. You know, the energy of being in a, of working for a daily newspaper is, can be intoxicating. And having to focus my mind on digesting and understanding so many 
issues that are in the news these days and then writing a coherent opinion piece about it or soliciting a coherent opinion piece is is hard work, but it's very satisfying work. So I do miss that. At the same time, I've been very satisfying to me to be able to focus my attention on a single subject in my writing. And though my first book was on North Korea and my second book on Thanksgiving, and now Sarah Josepha Hale, who's an offshoot of my research into Thanksgiving. But I, I keep my hand in with the paper, writing an occasional article or book review for them. Wow. What subject are you going to tackle next? I haven't decided. I may go back to a North Korean topic, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm welcome to ideas. If you have any, (laughs) sure. I'm evaluating different thoughts right now. Excellent. I mean, you could just go to the next holiday, find out who the main person was in that. You could do a whole thing on uncovering American holiday history or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a thought. All right. Not a great one. Okay. You'll, you'll (laughs) think of something better. (laughs) Do you have any advice for aspiring authors? Uh, My advice is uh, probably the one they've heard before, which is keep at it, keep writing and keep reading. A lot of what I learned about being a writer was from uh, reading what other people wrote and writing. And another thing I'll say is that a lot of people want to be a writer, they say, but you have to write about something. You have to know something. So you just don't pick up a pen or open your laptop and say, okay, I'm going to write today. You have to know something. So that means you have to educate yourself. You have to do a lot of research or reporting. And that requires a lot of tedious work as well as interesting work. So once you know a subject, it's a lot easier to write about it. Yes. Although there are plenty of people who write about things with no research and just like, you know, whatever's on their minds, which is also- And that's a problem. That's, that's, you're right. And that's a problem, uh, (laughs) especially with our, our media today. It's much more off the cuff than it is fully developed. So, you know, you can have people who are glib talkers or good writers, but they are know-nothings. And uh, that does not help the reader or the viewer. It might obtain them, but it doesn't uh, educate them. Right. Well, hopefully the people listening to this will have something good to say and then write it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for this book. And I'm going to go read the Sarah Josepha Hale book next. I only had this one for Thanksgiving for the theme and the timing, but I'm so interested in her now. And I don't know. I'm I'm on a roll. I'm I'm gonna keep well that's that's great to hear. And I, I hope you like the book and I'd be welcome to come back and talk more about Sarah Josepha Hale. But in the meantime, let me be the first to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. You are the first, so I will let you. <laughs> <laughs> happy Thanksgiving to you too. <laughs> Thank you very much, Sibby. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Hold up. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.